Coming to you live from a barbecue shack near you, it's the SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. We've got the sweet tea, the white bread, and a whole lot of slow smoke takes lined up. So put down your turkey burger, turn up the volume, and grab your hog, because it's about to be on. Oh, yeah. Now, say hello to your self-proclaimed food and sports experts, the utterly enthusiastic Holt Smash, and the one and only Tinder King of Memphis, Mr. JB the underscore Brooks. And now, here's your host, always full of ship, Alex Bullship One. Welcome back to the official SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. I'm your host, Alex, joined by Holt Smash. What's up, Holt? Not too much, Alex. Just uh, trying to keep these dogs under control. Yeah, I had I did see that you finally got your dog, so uh, we can talk about that in just a minute. But let me introduce my other co-host, Mr. JB Brooks, who's been coming back from a recent barbecue trip in Texas. What's up, JB? I am pretty well. It has been a long time, Al. It's been forever since we've all been together, and that's uh, going to be quite an interesting uh, podcast we got for you guys tonight. Yeah, it's uh, it's been tough. We've been wanting to record for a while now, but like we also don't want to record when there's possibly no football season, but um, we're getting more and more optimistic about a football season happening. Well, what's your sense on the general uh, feel of at least an SEC football season this year? Yeah, well, it seems to me like Greg Sankey has been pretty determined to get something done. Um, so I think, you know, between the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12, at least is where things sit right now. I think, you know, it's going to be some semblance of football. I don't know. You know, I don't know if it's going to start on time. You know, I don't know what it's going to look like. Um, how much interconference games there's going to be, but or out of conference games there's going to be, but uh, you know I, I have faith that they're going to find a way to do something, and um, you know if we're looking at like an all SEC schedule with like maybe one out of conference game or something along those lines, um, you know I think we'd all pretty much take that right now. For sure. Now, normally this is late July, so uh, this would be when we're get really really excited for football to start be about a month away, which we still might be, but um, we kind of have to lower our expectations this year or our excitement just because you don't know what's going to happen. But normally this time of the year is when we might start watching old games, uh, old classic games. Uh, so I'm wondering, JB, have you got to that point where you're starting to watch old classic SEC games yet? Oh, yeah. It's on our TV, I think, almost every morning where we put on the SEC Network and they're playing a classic game like few days ago, I was watching the 1999 Egg Bowl with Ole Miss and Mississippi State, Wayne Madkin and Romero Miller going into a match, David Cutcliffe versus Jackie Sherrill. What a great time. And both of those teams were ranked in the uh, top 25 when they played, which is, you know, it doesn't happen often in that in that rivalry. And um, I think it was yesterday they had the 1999 SEC Championship with Tennessee, or 1998 SEC Championship with Tennessee, Mississippi State. So I've I'm liking a lot of these uh, classic games. Like I like it when they go back like that far, like into the '90s, into the 2000s, like during you know a lot of our childhood years, instead of just the more recent years. Like I really enjoy those older games. You uh, you must be catching it at the right time because every time I flip on to SEC Network or ESPNU, they're always showing like the uh, Clemson uh, Clemson Alabama game. The LSU Clemson game or something like very recent. I'm kind of tired of watching. I mean, now that sounds crazy, but I'm kind of tired of watching the the playoffs from the last like couple of years. I'd rather watch like a classic SEC conference game or SEC championship, but I haven't been able to uh, time it just right like you have. Absolutely. I mean, there's so many great SEC games of the year. I mean, just randomly, I mean, 2002 Auburn, Georgia. I mean, classic game. Auburn wins at the end on the road in Athens. And, you know, that's a game that was a classic, but you don't think about it now because you don't really see the replays. And I'd rather see replays of more games like that than, you know, like you said, like I like we've already seen enough of the 2017 Alabama-Georgia National Championship. We've seen enough of LSU-Clemson, LSU-Oklahoma. Uh, we we, we want to see more of the older games. 
Sure, definitely. So before we get too, uh, too into our discussion here today, let's kind of set the lineup for the show. So um, as promised, we will have rapid fire uh, at the end. Holt's favorite topic. We'll have rapid fire going. I think he's got plenty of questions for us. And then uh, before we get into rapid fire, we're going to talk about the possibility of an all SEC schedule or the uh, 10 game schedule with maybe like one out of conference game that's been floated around there. We'll also talk about like what's going on in our, uh, our personal lives as in uh, JB's fat ass excursion to get some Texas barbecue uh, about a month ago. And then I think Holtz, uh, Holtz added one to his family. So we'll talk about that real quick. So um, before we get into the SEC football discussion, let's talk about what's going on. And I kind of do want to start off with uh, Holtz's new addition to the family. Yep. So um, he's actually biting my hand right now, but I just got a, a new puppy a couple weeks ago. Um, exactly two weeks ago today uh, that I've had him. So he's 10 weeks old and uh, he's a boxer, um, 75% Euro, 25% American. Um, he's been very, very good dog so far. Um, sleeps almost all the time. But uh, so do you, though. Yeah. So it works out well, uh, you know, because I'm pretty laid back and he likes to sleep all day. Um, but uh, it's been pretty exciting. I've wanted a dog forever. I wanted one in college. But, uh, you know, I wanted to be kind of responsible and wait until, like, I was, you know, maybe a little bit more settled in and, like, had a house and a yard and all that stuff. So, <laughs> finally, I uh, decided to go ahead and do it. And with the quarantine and everything, it's just perfect because I'm at home all the time. You know, I pretty much just work from home now. So, it's been pretty uh, pretty outstanding. His name is uh, his name's Reggie. Um, after? Uh, not really after anyone specifically. Um but I just always thought it was a cool name, like Reggie Bush, Reggie Jackson, Reggie yeah. Butler. Um, and then if you Reggie wanted a, a Mississippi State connection, you could say Reggie Perry, basketball player. But not not really particularly after anyone, but just I just always thought it was a really cool name. Um, and a good name for a dog, too, because it's not like a super common like person name. But Approximately how many pictures a day do you take of Reggie? Um, a lot. My mom makes me take one like every day. She asks for pretty much every night so i always have to take one as soon as i but uh yeah definitely my camera roll is is filled up I'm trying to document his his growth as much as i can um you know just trying to you know just because i know that, like once he grows up you know i forget what it, he was a little puppy so they, they do grow up fast have you updated your tinder profile picture with reggie now <laughs> no i have not uh probably i probably need to um maybe get back into the you know that that is the move um but i'll I'll, we'll uh, our our other friend dalton did ask me if i had been taking him to the dog park or (laughs) any kind of like place where there might be uh women at um to try to you know use his cuteness um you know maybe to mask my not cuteness i'm sure our our great friend dalton did not phrase it that uh that yeah exact way that was was the g version yeah, I can imagine. Oh, I'm glad you um, you finally have a son that you always wanted. Whole good to hear. And then uh, JB went on a was like three day fat ass excursion in Texas for barbecue, but not just for barbecue. I think there was other things going on, but I feel like that was your uh, your main enjoyment of the trip. So, question to you, JB, is now that you've had Texas barbecue, are you ready to say that it is better than Memphis? barbecue it's really apples and oranges uh but texas barbecue like they are the kings of beef like i've never had good beef barbecue anywhere and when i had it in texas it definitely was eye-opening and mind-boggling how awesome it really is i mean but i did try some pork barbecue in texas and they do not know how to do pork so it's the equivalent of trying to get brisket in memphis like it's just it's just not as good so whatever anytime you go to texas just get beef and same thing if you're in memphis just get pork but yeah, yeah, the Texas barbecue experience is namely in Lockhart, Texas, which is the unofficial capital of barbecue in the state of Texas by the Texas legislature. And I went to three different places in the span of two hours and sampled, <laughs> sampled just every place. And I love the layout of these restaurants and the way they do it. It's market style. So what you do is you go into the uh, market. So we'll just start off. With, we'll go restaurant by restaurant. So we first made our uh, middies. And you walk in there, you immediately just smell the smoke. 
And when I walked in there, I walked over to the uh, pit room that they have in the back of the restaurant. And they just got this ongoing fire pit. And apparently this fire pit's been going on for over 100 years, nonstop, never has been put out. And that's just putting out like the perfect amount of smoke into their into their uh, brick pits. And they're like locked down too by a pulley system. And when you go back there, you tell them what you want. So I, I told them I want a quarter pound of brisket, a quarter pound of prime rib, and one jalapeno sausage ring and one original sausage ring. They immediately open up the pits in different places, pull out the meat fresh, pull out an entire brisket and just slice it up for me, put it in, in the and put all the butcher paper and then wrapped up the butcher paper and then put those other meats back in the into the pit. So that to me is like as authentic as it comes. And I can tell you that Smitty's, it was the best uh, sausage I've ever eaten in my life. Uh, that was, I've never had better sausage anywhere than I had at Smitty's. And the brisket was really good, too. Did you fight through the pain when you got to, like, the last restaurant of being full but still wanting to eat and try everything? Uh, that would be Black's. But uh, the middle stop we went to is Crits Market. And that's where I think I actually ordered the most food because they have a wide variety of meats there so when i went there it was just me and my sister by the way so it's two of us trying to split all this and I, obviously when i'm ordering all this i'm not planning to eat all of it at once i'm, I'm planning on having leftovers and i did have lots of leftovers to bring back with me in a cooler but at crits i ordered a quarter pound of brisket a quarter pound of prime rib uh one jalapeno cheese sausage ring an original sausage ring a quarter pound of pit ham and then one beef back rib and I can tell you all that was phenomenal. When I had the brisket, it just melts in your mouth. It's just, it's like eating, uh, it's like butter almost, like the texture. It's just really, really good and moist. Uh, the prime rib was like a rare prime rib that they gave me. And man, it was so good. It just, I mean, the, the way it, the texture was, it was absolutely perfect. The perfect amount of smoke. Uh, the original sausage was very similar to Smitty's, uh, maybe a little bit more crunchy then the sausage at Smitty's and the pit ham. I would order this ham for Christmas. Good. I have it shipped to me. And uh, the beef rib was actually probably the least best thing that they had at, cr at Crits of all the meats. So then that took us to our final stop at Black's, which to me was the best one of all three. And this is where I had the best cut of barbecue meat that I've ever eaten in my life of any cut. Do you want to take a guess what that is, Alex? Uh, did you already say brisket? I've already said brisket, yes, but I have excuse me. Best excuse me that I've ever eaten in my life. It was not brisket, you said. It was not brisket, but it was beef. A beef rib. It was the beef rib, and this yeah. is not just any ordinary beef rib. They call it like the slang term is a dinosaur beef rib. Yeah, the Flintstone rib. Yeah, yeah. really like you know it's called beef short plate from like the underbelly of the cow, and the, the rib is massive, and it's also just full of meat. It's incredible texture it's like eating ribeye off a bone it's like perfectly marbled too and i can't tell you like it when i had my first bite i thought i was just like biting into heaven i mean it was the best piece of barbecue meat i've ever had and i've had some great barbecue so of like everything like including like you know central barbecue ribs or smitty ribs, the beef rib there was unbelievable and i recommend anyone that's a meat connoisseur and a barbecue connoisseur to make a trip to Black's Barbecue and try a dinosaur beef rib once in your lifetime. Yeah, they're um, they're huge. I've, I've tried to try to get them a couple of times here in Atlanta somewhere, and either it was too expensive or like they were sold out. They're usually like about twenty dollars, I think, like for a beef rib. They're huge though. Yeah, just one. it's huge. huge. And, and the thing about them is that they're not really that difficult to cook. Like they're they're somewhat forgiving compared to pork ribs. And they don't take as long either, but they, they, I actually have found some in Memphis at a local butcher shop that next time I smoke some meat, I'm going to do that. I'm also going to smoke a brisket at some point too, but brisket's like the hardest thing to barbecue. So that's actually one thing I admire about in Texas, like brisket being the hardest thing to smoke and, you know, least forgiving meat cut and they perfect it. Did you save any room for sides? Um, at Black's, it was the only place I got sides. I had, and there, I, I chose that place as my main meal for sides because they specialize more in like Southern sides. So I had like sweet potatoes, um, green beans and uh, jalapeno cornbread and coleslaw. Okay. 
tell um tell Seti I said what's up while you're there. <laughs> yeah. I can hear her getting pretty excited about the barbecue. Still here in quarantine. Yeah, yeah, that's how it is. All right, so it sounds good. So you said Smitty's is the best place or Blacks? Which oh, one? Blacks. Here's how I would rank them. Um, if you want, if, let's go by meats. So for brisket, I'd rank Blacks number one, Chris number two, Smitty's third. For sausage, Smitty's is number one, Chris number two, Blacks number three. But for the beef rib, which is only between two places, it was by far and away Blacks. And for the best cut of meats, it was far and away it was Blacks with their uh, dinosaur beef rib. Oh, have you had any good food while we've been gone? I feel like um, I feel like you've had some kind of good food, but you're just not sharing right now. Well, I did eat Prince's um, in Nashville, which I guess a lot of the locals would in Nashville would um, say is the best hot chicken place. Um, and it really is hot. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I don't have like a, you know, I'm not one of those people that like loves super spicy food. Um, but uh I actually enjoyed it a lot more than the rest of my family did. There was about six of us that all went, and um, we got we got like a ton of like um, mild tenders, and uh, they they were at, like the other people in my family were acting like they were like too hot, but I mean they they really weren't like at all. They were actually perfect. But the the wings I got uh, were hot, and uh, I mean honestly they were. I, I thought they were you know actually really great. Some of the best like fried wings I've ever had. Um, you know, it's just Prince's in, um, in South Nashville. Um, it's a very well-known place. Um, very, very happening place. Um, it was very crowded even with all the, you know, coronavirus stuff going on. So, um, you know, it, it was definitely a good spot. I did not, we got sides, but I didn't need any. I was too focused on the wings. That's pretty much what I ate. So, um, definitely would recommend Prince's if you're in Nashville, you know, I've, I uh, have not been to the Hattie B's in Nashville. I have been to the one in Memphis, and that one is also a solid option as well. Um, if you're a hot chicken fan, which, I mean, I feel like pretty much everyone listening to this podcast is probably a hot chicken fan. So if you're ever in Nashville, uh, I would definitely recommend Prince's uh, over the other ones that, that I've had. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't. Um, I went to. I've been in Nashville a few different times in the last couple of years, and didn't try that. I think we went to. We went to Hattie B's, or we tried to go to Hattie B's, and that was before Hattie B's expanded to Atlanta. So we tried to go there, but the line was way too long, so we ended up going to somewhere else. I forgot, but um, I did try a peg leg porker in uh, Nashville, which is like their big barbecue place, or one of them, I guess. And it was it was pretty good, so I did enjoy that. Um, all right, so let's talk about some football for a little bit. Um, so the main topic going around is, is everyone going to cancel football or what's, what's the season going to look like? And I think big 10 and PAC 12 have, uh, already announced that they're going to do conference only games, which kind of sucks if you really think about it for like the small schools that they pay big bucks and big bucks to come to their, their, um, home games and essentially like pay for their entire season with that one big paycheck. Um, but they're, uh, playing Conference only, and uh, the other three Power Five, ACC, SEC, and Big Twelve, haven't announced yet that they're going to do that. But it sounds like they might do something along those lines with maybe playing each other for the uh, the non conference games with close proximity. Um, are you excited about this, JB, at all, or like are you disappointed? Do you do you wish like everyone could get creative to play a full season? I mean, I'm just gonna be excited if we even get four or five games this year. I mean, not being pessimistic that is pessimistic no no i just want to see some football like i just want to see some games like i mean i'd be i'd be i'd rather take four or five games and no games at all that's that's the point i'm trying to make but i love the idea of seeing 10 sec games i mean who's not gonna dislike having two more sec games yes the schedules you know trend from 12 to 10 but you're adding two more sec games to the slate rather than eight and that means that you're going to have more cross-division games this year, potentially, if the, if the SEC goes that route. Or they might just, like, try to have two teams from the same division play each other multiple times in a home-and-home that are, you know, close by in, cross- in proximity, like, you know, Tennessee or Vanderbilt or, you know, Auburn, Auburn you know, Mississippi State, Ole Miss. But I think the cross-divisions and having two extra, you know, games from a cross-division opponent is really awesome, and it's a unique situation for the SEC this year, and I think it's going to make it really fun even without, you know, having fans at the games. 
Oh, which cross divisional game would you like to see the most that doesn't normally happen? Um, well, I'd probably say maybe like this year, probably Alabama and Florida. Um, you know, I, we were already going to see Alabama and Georgia this year, but Alabama and Florida don't play, you know, obviously every year, but it's a really big, you know, SEC robbery. Um, you know, played a lot of SEC championship games against each other. And, uh, you know, I think Florida is trying to take that next step. And, um, you know, luckily for them, they usually don't have to play Alabama during the regular season. But if they did this year, then, um, you know, that would obviously uh, kind of, I guess, level the playing field with them in Georgia um, as far as winning the East. So, or, you know, having to play Alabama in a conference game. So the crossover games would be even instead of maybe slightly favoring Florida. Um, so that that's probably one game that I would really like to see. Um, you know, I'm sure there's there's actually a, a ton of other ones. You know, I mean, just – I know Texas A&M and Georgia played last year, but that would, you know, also be a really good matchup. Georgia and LSU have played recently, but that would also be a good matchup. You know, just the, the big blue blood team a lot. But, I mean, even like, you know – I'd watch, like, Arkansas play South Carolina, too. You know what I mean? Like, I'd rather watch Arkansas play South Carolina than, you know, South Carolina play, you know, South Carolina upstate and then Arkansas play, like, you know, Northwestern Nevada Tech or something. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. It, like, any, As... SEC, any SEC game is going to be better than any, like, you know, Sunbelt-type matchup or FCS-type matchup. Yeah, don't don't hate on the Sun Belt. They're they're not bad for a um I, I can't say power seven, but I mean you know they're they probably would be the seventh best conference. Um, as a state fan though, Holt, would you rather play another team from the East or would you rather play Ole Miss twice? No, I'd rather play another team from the East. I don't know if my heart could handle two egg bowls in one season. Um, plus it it would just be good you know to play some teams you don't usually get to play. Um, you know especially the way the schedule has been the last few years, you don't really. Um, get those crossover games. So, you know, it would be crazy again to see maybe Alvin or see they play Florida again and Dan Mullen. Um, you know, it would be kind of crazy to see, uh, you know, that matchup. And then, you know, I mean, just – I mean, basically just the games, you know, you usually don't see. I mean, they yeah. only played Georgia like once in the past like 10 years. Um, you know, Tennessee once, you know, or twice, I guess, in the past like decade. So, just any of those teams would be fun matchups. Um, you know, I don't know if anyone in particular, like, really stands out besides Florida just because of the Damalon connection. But, um, you know, definitely would be more interesting than watching, you know, like I said, State play an SCS team or, you know, a, a group of five team. Sure. This would bring some controversy, though, with 10 games instead of the normal 12 or how many ever it is. I forget. I guess 12. I think I got it right. Um it would bring some controversy because you would have all of the conference games and maybe like one out of conference game, if that is like the way everyone's going. Um, so you kind of have trouble for the playoff. And I think I read today that they aren't going to expand the playoffs to eight teams this year, which wouldn't make sense to me because that would be a perfect time to do it just for this one year since you're not playing that many games. Um, but how do you think that would get sorted out JB? If you had like, you know, all these, Power five teams, and I guess essentially all conferences only playing conference only or 10 games total. Um, and you know, how, how is that gonna get sorted out for the playoff picking the top four if like all five conferences have a champion? That's the big problem, yeah, I agree. And and I think what you do is, um, just like have we done the other years, I mean, yes, granted, some of these teams are gonna have more or less games than others, so I think what we're gonna have to do is it's gonna have to go back to the old fashioned eye test. You're going to have to just – I think you're going to have to have a panel like we've had, and they're just going to have to pick the four teams that they think are the best. I mean, regardless of, you know, resume, it's, it's because the season's so short, you only have so many games perform. So, I mean, I think that's really what they're going to have to go to. But I, I know you mentioned about having, you know, maybe one non-conference game, and that seems like that actually might happen instead of just an all-conference schedule. I've heard that uh, South Florida and Texas have – they both both schools have said that their season one opener is still a go. Uh, Tennessee and Oklahoma have both said that they're planning to still play each other uh, this season. And that was a game that was supposed to be originally scheduled in Norman. And I'm trying to think of some other non-conference matchups. But uh, obviously Alabama is supposedly going to be playing BYU. 
in place of USC. So it seems like non-conference games, they're still trying to make this work uh, before they, you know, go to a last resort being an all-conference schedule. Yeah, and even then, the um, I understand, like, the, the logic behind um, the non-conference or canceling the non-conference games. You don't want teams to travel that far and kind of prevent the spread of COVID if you can. But some of, like, the conference teams are – spread out pretty far so like it's like for instance in the big 12 um if west virginia had to go play texas or any school in texas that's a long drive or travel oh yeah and it would be closer for them to play a team in the northeast or along the um acc it would be a lot closer or big 10 for that matter than it would be for them to travel to texas so like it it makes sense why you do a conference but then we like look at the details and kind of figure out some of the geographics of some of the teams is you're still traveling pretty far. And West Virginia just, it's just not a geographic fit at all for the big 12. And, and it's definitely more fitting now with, like you said, with COVID where you're trying to have teams not travel as far. And every time West Virginia does travel, it's going to be a long trip. It's not a short trip. Yeah. Hold on. I understand why uh, everyone's trying to reduce the season um, just curious about your personal opinion. Do you do you think they everyone should play a full schedule as it was with like no fans or maybe even limited fans, or do you do you kind of agree with the decision to cut down the number of games to ten? You know, I mean, it's a really hard question to ask. You know, I'm not like any kind of expert or anything by any means, um, but you know. I'm definitely not a scientist, but it definitely seems like um, from what people have said that it's really hard to spread like outdoors, um, you know, so, I mean, I know you probably can go full capacity, but, you know, maybe like half or something like that. Yeah. And then maybe just let, let the season ticket holders um, kind of go to the games and then just not really anyone else and kind of like try to spread things out, like maybe have like families together and then have like everyone else kind of spread out, you know, maybe you could mandate like mask wearing um, you know, I don't know, but I would, you know, as far as like the players playing, um, you know, if, if they're willing to play and obviously the SEC has already said they're going to honor any scholarships if, if people decide, you know, to opt out for the season and like no one would hold it against them if they did. Um, you know, I mean, the players want to play and I just say just, you know, just let them play like, um, you know, if you're able to, I guess, test everyone and you know, take all the necessary precautions, you know, most of the, I guess, data would show that they're not super, like, vulnerable to getting super sick or definitely not dying from it. So, yeah, you know, but, I mean, at the same time, you want to be responsible and you want to, like, you know, not put anyone at risk. It's a new thing, so no one really knows what the long-term, like, you know, I guess effects are. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, like, I know that, like, all this stuff is mainstream and, like, you try to avoid talking about it because it's kind of, you know, like, I'm definitely not an expert, but from what I can see, like, you know, based on, like, what I understand, like, it definitely seems like they could do it. They could play all 12 games, but I think that's just unlikely just because of, like, the political pressure and, you know, but it's yeah. always better to be safe than sorry. No one wants to be the person who made the decision that led to, you know, God forbid, like, someone dying or, you know, a player, like, maybe spreading it to someone who is more vulnerable. So, you know, I mean, all those things, you know, it's uncharted territory and people are going to be overly cautious about it. Um, and, uh, you know, so that's why I don't think they're going to play 12 games. But, you know, I, I think they definitely could. And you know, I, I think that, you know, without putting too many people like at risk, but, you know, I definitely understand why it's kind of going like it is. You're, uh, you're welcome for that question. <laughs> you, you didn't really... Um, I feel like you didn't really appreciate that question because it was tough and it's uh, kind of like dancing around how to answer that uh, in the most uh, gingerly way possible. Yeah, well, for some reason it's been like, you know, political issue. I'm not really sure why it's political, but... Yeah, it is what it is, I guess. Um, but it will be it will be interesting to see because it's like we're, um, we're going to cut down the games from 12 to 10 and everyone's going to try to do their best to like not not spread the virus but you know when you get kids on college campus like there's going to be like house parties and yeah. everything else in the world where especially if it's like in a state that's open like georgia is right now like if the 
bars are open. It's just I don't <laughs> I don't say you're gonna stop college kids from like being yeah. so close. No, you're definitely you're not going to. No, I mean definitely not. Because I mean, like, because you know, college kids watch the news too, and they're just like, you know, hey, like, I'm literally like at no risk at all from dying from this, like, so I'm just gonna, you know, live my life like normal. Plus, they're just dumb kids to begin with, so I mean, you just pull those things together, and and you just you're just gonna get like some bad situations. You are, and another another aspect is that there's probably still gonna be some universities. Obviously, there are a lot of them that are not even gonna have students on campus. And then you're asking student athletes, you know, namely football players, to come to the campus this fall, you know, on an empty campus and be forced to play football. But, of course, you know, the SEC has already said that the players are going to be able to choose whether or not they want to play. But you can make the argument that the players coming on the campus, even if it's empty, is arguably safer than it would be if they weren't on campus because they're going to get the best uh, protocols and the follow Yeah, testing. And testing-wise and – I mean, we've seen how the bubble has worked so far with the NBA. I mean, they've had, they've had some positive tests, but not a lot. NASCAR has been successful. They've only had one positive test so far with amongst all the staff they have and drivers and crews. And then, of course, you got golf that's doing really well, too. So we've seen in the, in the professional ranks that if you do it, you know, with the strict protocol and follow, you know, rapid testing and constant testing, that it could work. Yeah, um, I think we might save it for the next podcast, more of like a preview, but um, kind of like a sneak peek. Curious what both of you are most excited about for this next season, whatever it's going to look like, whether that's a coach, a team, a player, anything like that. Um, start with you, Holt. What are you most excited for next year? Well, I'm probably – I think the biggest storyline and what I'm most excited to see is what LSU looks like this year. I mean, just because they lost so much. And it was kind of a big debate last year about who really deserved most of the credit. And, you know, they were an unbelievable offense last year. They lose, obviously, Joe Burrow and Joe Brady as well. And I'm just kind of anxious to see, not just this season, but kind of over time, um, like who from that team goes on to be, like, really successful. And when we end up looking back on last season, like who are we looking back on thinking, like, like they were the reason they were the biggest part of it or they were the biggest reason. So that I'm kind of just looking forward to seeing that and then just, you know, see if LSU is able to, you know, keep it rolling. I think offensively they're definitely going to take a step back, but I think defensively they have a chance to be really good um, and challenge Alabama. And, you know, I think Texas A&M is going to be up there as well. JB, I feel like that would have been your answer, LSU. So you're going to have to give me something else. Um, I, I am really interested in LSU, just like Holt is. But I am really high. I mean, if we want to give a dark horse, I'm really high on A&M this year. I really think that, you know, this is the year for them to improve. But here's another thing that I am actually excited for. I actually think the SEC East this year could turn into a three-team race. And why am I saying that? It's because of the shortened season and the schools that have had, you know, the, that have done the best so far with uh, off-season workouts and the, and the protocols and, and which ones I think that have momentum going their way. Right now, I think that Florida, in a way, could be trending in the wrong direction, even though, like, just three months ago, I was really high on them. Georgia, meanwhile, they got JT Daniels, who is now uh, eligible to play this year, who could very well and probably might be better than Jamie Newman, who is the head guy and the lead guy ahead of him. And if you get, like, those two guys, you know, fighting for position, that could divide a locker room between – you know, who players think is better, who should start, because what if JT Daniels comes in, gets the starting position when everyone thought months ago that this was already going to be Jamie Newman's team? You're um, you're setting this shit up for Tennessee. I, I see it coming. You see it, Holt? Yeah. <laughs> well, ahead, no, I, what if it was, like, setting all this up for, like, Kentucky? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do like it. I mean, you could say like like Kentucky, Kentucky this year, too. Yeah. No, but the major I'm, – I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not picking Tennessee to be the front runner. But I actually think they could sneak in there, and the main reason is because of their offensive line. I mean, they they arguably have the best offensive line in the SEC this year. They got two uh, future first rounders in next year's draft, and we all know from the past the teams that went in the SEC are the ones that controlled the line of scrimmage up front. And I think Tennessee will have the best offensive line in the SEC, and having that will give them a chance in almost every game they play and let them be competitive. A um, couple of things. I feel like every single year we always say A&M's like the dark horse. 
<laughs> well, one thing that I'll, I'll say about that, and I do kind of get that vibe as well, but I, I feel like A&M is always kind of like a team that like could maybe like surprise some people. But this year, I think it's a lot more justified that they're going to be like a good team because, I mean, the amount of starters that they return, the amount of talent that they have on their team, like, you know, it, it's just – I find it – I think their floor is is really high. I mean, they won eight games last year with a really difficult schedule. Um, they return, you know, just like I said, pretty much their whole team. Um, and I, I just think the floor for them is, is really high. The question is, you know, LSU, Alabama, Auburn, you know, are, are they going to be able to win, you know, one, two, you know, I mean, probably not three of those games, but, you know, are they able to win one or two of those games? That's really going to be the difference because I think that uh, the rest of their schedule uh, you have to feel pretty good about. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I always, always like to watch AM and I, I think they are one of those like scary teams to play. Cause you just, you know, like they have the, like the talent to beat some of the, uh, the lead team. Yeah. In the SEC. It's just, they don't like consistent. Every 17, 17 returning starters from last year's team too. Yeah. The thing is, is like with Kellen mind is it's just a little, you know, disappointing because I think like as a, he flashes and, as a sophomore, you know, there was a little bit of improvement. And then last year, it just didn't seem like there was that next step, you know. So, can he – has he reached his ceiling or is there another step for him to take? Because, uh, you know, he's really going to have to take a next step if they're going to be, you know, challenging for the West. I still can't – I mean, this is going back. I still can't believe Kyle Murray was on a at one point and, like, didn't really play. It's kind of crazy. That was, like, the Kyle Allen team. That was a long time ago. And- one thing that I remember from that season was just how small he was. Like, I, I couldn't believe, like, like he just looked like, uh, I don't know, <laughs> like he just looked like a kid out there. Like, I mean, he was so much smaller than everybody else. I mean, that's still kind of how he looks in the NFL, too. I mean, he's, he's obviously a better quarterback now yeah. and good. He's probably going to be good. Anymore. You can tell he's been in the weight room. Like, yeah. still, like, I just remember his freshman year, like, he, he didn't play a lot, but he did start a couple games. And I just remember thinking, like, there's no way this guy's going to hold up in SEC. <laughs> the storyline I have for you all going into this season is, will Arkansas win more games than they did last year? It's a shortened season, probably so. They're already up against it, but the, the bar is very low. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing is, you know, they <laughs> – it really can't be much worse. I mean, the the bad part is, as far as, you know, the win total, like you said, is the fact that they're probably not going to have those easy wins on the schedule this year. Um, so, win total, probably not. But it's going to be hard to be a worse football team than they were last year. I mean. It's more of if they, I guess, can they win an SEC game? I mean, they do play – they play Ole Miss. Maybe that's a win. I don't know. Um I mean, I don't want to say Mississippi State yet, hold, but I guess it could be. Yeah. I mean, that's, if you're picking the games, it would have to be um, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, or Missouri, I guess, are the easiest ones they have. Maybe, maybe they do play Tennessee, so maybe Tennessee has like a shitty year. Um, hopefully not, JB, for your sake, but you never know. No, I, I actually think Tennessee takes another step. I mean, it's not even homerism in me at all. I mean, they have a lot of returning starters from last year's team. They ended the season winning seven of their last eight. Yeah. And I mean, their schedule is more favorable. I mean, they're they're an eight or nine win team if the schedule was the same as, you know, it um it makes sense for Tennessee to be better next year. Like it just makes sense that the way they finish off the year is just, I mean, yeah, this is, this is not the uh, the Tennessee team of uh, of our middle school years. I guess I'll say yeah. that. Oh, it's definitely not. But I'm they're definitely taking another the right steps into becoming a competitive team. I mean, I still think they're one more year away. And going back on that, like the main reason I was saying as a three-team race is that I think it's more or less Georgia and Florida slipping more than Tennessee rising. I think I'm just not as sold as much on Georgia and Florida right now as a lot of other people are. And I just think that with both of them slipping, that could allow a school like Tennessee maybe to enter the picture, even when I had them still, you know, as an eight or nine win team on the original 12-game schedule. Are y'all high on JT Daniels? I like him a lot, and I I think he's going to be really good. I mean, he he has some injury issues, you know, at USC, but he really is a good fit at Georgia. I mean, it's not the – he would have been a better fit maybe under, you know, Jim Chaney's offense rather than Monken. 
but he's got all the physical tools to be a really good quarterback in the SEC. And if he's better than Newman, I mean, that's going to cause some controversy in Athens. I mean, that's that's a um, that's a big fu to Newman when they got JT Daniels because they they worked really hard to get Newman and like the idea was he had a starting quarterback and, job like basically lined yeah. up when he committed. Yeah, something like that is something that can divide a team, and that's the last thing that Kirby Smart needs to have happen, especially with him having arguably his best defense that he's ever had since he's been at Georgia this upcoming season. Yeah. I mean, I, it's going to be hard for me to see Georgia slipping. Like, I, I just see them as good. But we'll, we'll see. We'll save that for the, the preview uh, maybe next week. Um, I think it might be finally time for Rapid Fire Hold. Are you excited? I am. Are, are, are we asking questions to you, or is or me and you asking questions to JB, or what? Um, it doesn't matter to me. What what does the uh, the crowd want here? What do you think? What would be the most entertaining? Would it be questions to JB? Yeah, I think JB is the most fun to answer questions. the The tricky thing with JB though is that he doesn't understand the concept of rapid fire. Rapid fire him is like I'll answer in less than a minute. Yeah. So I'll um, I'll come up with some questions on the spot here, but I I don't have anything. Uh, <laughs> On top of my list here, like listed out, like you. So you, I'll let you start, and I'll kind of jump in. I'm, I'm, I'm just glancing over here at Holtz, and it seems like he's got his paperwork here ready. Like he has done his homework, and I think he's got yeah. questions for me. Look, I, well, I mean, it's been like what six months since uh, the championship game in the last podcast, so um, I feel like you had a, quite a time to prepare. Like, oh man, this would be a good one for JB. Yeah, well, I mean, I take rapid fire seriously. Um, you know, I know you guys like to make fun of me, but I think it's the best part of the show, honestly. I think it gives people a chance to get to know us a little bit, and, um, you know, it's good. And people can always send questions in. You know, we'll be happy to uh, to answer them. So you can tweet them to us or email them to us. Um, what's our email address again? Is it smoked at gmail.com. Yeah, so very simple. Uh, yes. Send us an email. Um, you know, let us know what you think. Ask us some questions, whatever you want. Um, they can. We should probably set up a Venmo for SEC Slow Smoke, just because um, you know we're we're not, we're doing this um, ad free right now because we love everyone so much, especially the Arkansas fans. They're they're probably our favorites. I mean, we we try not to have favorites, but it's hard not to love our Arkansas the most. But um, we are doing this free of charge with no ads, so might want to have to get that Venmo going. Yeah, if you want to Venmo us, you can you can Venmo us as well. Yeah, just to support the show. Yeah. Uh, Without uh, further ado, um, I do have a handful of questions here for uh, Mr. JB. Um, all right, well, let's just start this one off. This one's pretty simple. Would you rather eat um, uncooked food, so stuff, something that you can't cook, or TV dinners for the rest of your life? TV dinners for the rest of my life. All right, my turn. Uh, JB, would you rather be blind or not be able to taste food for the rest of your life? Not able to taste food. Wow, really? Yeah. yeah. Reason because I'd rather be able to see things. And if, I, if I'm not able to taste food, that means I can get skinny because then everything's going to taste the same and then I can just eat all the Well, uh, let me let me, uh, let me me go the other way then. Uh, Would you I rather... see. I, I win right there. No, that's fine. That's fine. Would you rather – I'm trying to find your breaking point. Would you rather not be able to hear anything or not be able to taste anything? Um, let's go with not hear anything. Well, I can go without music as long as I see it. All right, all right. Go ahead, go ahead Holt. Would you rather be raised by monkeys or wolves? Monkeys or wolves? Would I rather be replaced by monkeys? raised? Um, let's go with wolves. Wolves are alphas, man. Like, if you get raised by a wolf, like you're gonna be a badass when you grow up. <laughs> Um, what, what place do you want to go to the most to try uh, a new, new type of food? Well, Texas is on that list, but now, shoot, like the authentic cuisine that I've always wanted to try. Uh, there's so many of them. Like, I know there's some, um, you know, I, the one I actually wanted to do, I want to go to, uh, New York and try authentic New York style pizza. Favorite favorite character from Harry Arnold? Uh, that's got to be. Uh, I like them all, man. But I was. Gonna, I, I know you want me to say Harold. 
<laughs> I know. You, no, I, I was gonna say. I, I gotta go with Gerald. I mean, I was gonna say Gerald. Yeah, Gerald's the best friend. Um, I'm find the next like really good one. Um, would you rather be really hot, like extremely hot, or extremely cold? Man, um, I'd rather be extremely cold because I I can at least sleep when I'm extremely cold. If I'm extremely hot, I'm never gonna sleep. Would you rather take a guaranteed hundred thousand dollars or a fifty fifty shot at a million? Guaranteed a hundred thousand, because then at least I can live. I can definitely put a lot of that into investments, and you know, put all you know, put, use that maybe to pay off a car note or buy a new car or use down payment. Then you know, investments like you can do a lot with that. I'll, I'm not gonna gamble here. Yeah. Well. uh we forgot to mention this at the beginning of the show, but earlier tonight, uh, Alex, you'll appreciate this. JB decided to uh, get a triple from five guys. Uh, they actually uh, hooked some extra padding and gave them the whole quadruple. And there are no leftovers, correct? There are not. And I don't have, <laughs> I don't have the meat sweats yet either. I'm, I'm waiting on them, but they have not come. But I tell Well, I haven't heard of this meat sweats before. Five guys. When all right, so all of our listeners out there, when you go to Five Guys, tip your people the order to the app, and then tip people like maybe a couple of dollars on the app. They will see the tip on the receipt, and when they see it, they're going to hook you up. A lot of them will hook you up. They might give you like an extra patty on your burger, or they're going to put like an extra scoop of fries into your bag. Tonight, I got an extra patty on my burger. That is not the biggest burger you've received from five guys it's correct not, uh this was round two um about four months ago i ordered a double and this was right before they closed so i was like the last one in there they had like three extra patties just sitting there on the grill that hadn't been used yet and they were gonna throw them away and they asked me hey do you want them we'll put them on your burger and i was like does a bear shit in the woods <laughs> like, i took five patties on my burger with five slices of cheese and, and i ate a quintuple burger for the first and only time in my life do you target them like right before they close so you can like? No, I, I never even it never even occurred to me that they would do that. But that actually could be a new secret to people. If you want to get maybe hooked up at Five Guys in another way, if you don't want to be a tipper, go there right before they close because you know they might have a little abundance of food on the side, and you know that's usually food they throw out. If you catch the right person in there at the right management that wants to hook you up, they might give you a few extra patties. Like I got lucky that night. Would you rather find a hidden camera in your bedroom or your bathroom? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, let's go with the bathroom. A lot less bad things happen in the bathroom. I mean, all I'm going to do is just, you know, do take a there. <laughs> I mean, everyone ha- in the ba- whatever happens in the bathroom is what everyone else does. So. I mean, for the most part, yes. I would I would think. There are some things that go down in the bathroom, I guess, as well. Would you rather have nine toes or an extra nipple? Give me nine toes. All right. Uh, top three favorite Jim Carrey movies. You know, I'm not actually the biggest Jim Carrey. Hell, Jim Carrey, yeah. I was wondering if there's anyone else. Alex, your favorite movie is a Jim Carrey movie. No, no, no. I, I like Jim Carrey. I'm saying he doesn't like Jim Carrey. I'm, I'm just indifferent on him. Like, I don't think he's the funniest guy ever. Really? I, I, like, I, like, Adam, I like Adam Sandler from the 90s more, if we're being fair. Yeah, I mean, I do too, but we've already we've already done him. We've pretty much talked about every Adam Sandler movie like a hundred times in this I mean, podcast. There's, there's other actors, I mean, that I like. But, I mean, I, I just want to give a shout to the movie Yes Man, because I feel like I like... You know how, like, black people get, like, the stereotype for, like, loving every Tyler Perry movie? Yeah. That's, like, how I am about Jim Carrey. (laughs) 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 Like, even though, like, I know that they're terrible, like, I still like all of his movies. I feel like that's how it is with uh, Adam Sandler movies, like, in the last ten years. Like, most of them are pretty much all of them are terrible, but people still like him and watch them. Uh, no, he's, I feel like he's getting a bad rep. I don't feel like anybody really likes him anymore. Oh, he was great, like, up until, like, mid-2000s, but... His movies are just, you know, become old, they become saturated, and they're not just, they're just really not that funny anymore. I've been uh, buying movies lately, and every every time I buy and watch a movie, like, it, it appears on Netflix, like, free, uh, like, a month later. Like, I did that with Un- Uncut Gems not too long ago. That was a really like, good movie. 
Yeah, I liked it okay. I didn't really see why it was like so so great. I think it was all right, but whatever. But, but um Oh man. Oh, this is like kind of an old school question, but I still like asking it. Um if you could have a dinner, I guess party with like we'll just say three people of like any time in history, like who would you who would you want to have dinner with? I mean, are we talking current? Like any anybody. Anybody. Um I'd like to have a meeting with meeting. Or not a meeting. <laughs> I call it a meeting. But uh I would like to meet uh Gerald MacArthur, or uh, sorry, General MacArthur from uh, World War II. You know, great. You know, I sound like Donald Trump. Great, great guy. Uh, I also would like to have one with Peyton Manning. I think he'd make me laugh. And then also Tom Hanks, because I think he's the greatest actor of all time. And then I could have him do Forrest Gump impressions. <laughs> would you be Jenny? I would be Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> um, man, I thought that guy, and um, we're watching 13 Reasons Why the last season, which is, by the way, or last, yeah, last season, which is definitely uh, Did you start it? Sad. Yeah, it's definitely sad as, and depressing as, like, the other seasons, but, like, I feel like this one's got an extra special kick to it. Did you finish it yet? No, I'm on episode, like, four, I think. Uh, but you, you've already it, seen, like, at the beginning what what I told you. Yeah. Like, there would be a twist. Yeah, but um, there, um, Clay's psychologist or psychiatrist, he almost looks like Lieutenant Dan, but I don't think that's him. It is. That's Gary Sinise. Is it? Okay, so that's what I was wondering. Yeah. But he, I was like, I was it's waiting old. for him to sound like Lieutenant Dan. He's 25 years older. <laughs> Man, he's, he's done grown up. He has. Gary Sinise is like a really underrated actor. He was really good on CSI New York, too. He's, he's one of those actors that like anything he's in, like he's really good. He's solid. Yeah. Oh, uh, any other questions, Holt? I mean, I got a few more, but we can hold off until next time. We're already at 50 minutes, so I feel like it's a good yeah. point. We're a good side one. All right, so the next one, I think we might do – we could we could break it up into SEC East preview podcast and SEC West preview podcast. I think that might be the best way to go about it, but we'll, we'll talk about it offline, kind of strategize to oh. make sure our listeners are treated well to uh, great, great content. But as always, thanks for listening. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our podcast at SEC Slow Smoke. See ya. Thanks for tuning in to another outstanding episode of the SEC Slow Smoke podcast. Be sure to rate us and subscribe on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SEC Slow Smoked. Spread the good word on this podcast like the chili and cheese on your fries. If you like this podcast, tell a friend because there's plenty to go around. Oh, yeah.